This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. This passage in particular in Acts 4 today, uh, I, was, I was just really excited, really, really pumped to share with you guys today. And so um, the beginning of our text um, in Acts, it's, we're reading from Acts 4, uh, verse 23, but I'm just going to start at verse 26. And it says, um, they're, they're quoting the psalmist and saying that the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And so... This is a situation that many people, I feel like, can relate to, that many people even just in our time right now can say, man, what is happening? It feels like the nations are rising up. It feels like people are rising up against, against Jesus, against his anointed one. And, and, and I think today it would be helpful for us to acknowledge what the appropriate response is in situations where we feel like there's opposition in situations where we feel like that there are people coming against the anointed one, when it feels like, you know, maybe the rulers and the leaders of, of, the, of the people in power are, are rising up against, against Jesus and, and wanting to not see his, his kingdom um, prevail or his name uh, be lifted high. And so just first of all, uh, you know, they're, they're under persecution. They're under deep um, pressure from the government that they are actually trying to be pushed out and shut out as a faith that the, even the rulers of kind of the, of the Jewish people were, were feeling threatened by, uh, for their positions of power, that they were wanting to make sure that they were able to hold on to their power for as long as they could. And so we see in this text that, that you know, the, the disciples are crying out to God. They're saying, Lord, why is this opposition here? Why is this, um, these things come against us? And even this morning as we were sharing, you know, there's, there's opposition. Harmon was sharing in pre-service prayer that there's been opposition, that there's been things that have been, um, that has been hard. And sometimes it feels like there's an actual spiritual opposition that's taking place. Even sometimes... You know, we, we're going through life and we're, and we're trying to, to live in a way that honors God and it just feels like it's so hard. And so I know that my tendency is oftentimes to assume the best, but the reality is, is that there is opposition. And in this situation, the believers did not deny their position. They did not deny the fact that there indeed was things that were coming against them. They honestly perceived the reality of their world in that time and pointed out that they were indeed under pressure. And I'm aware that, you know, oftentimes we can say, ah, you know what, you know, it's, it's actually not that big of a deal. Um, and sometimes we can also swing to the other side and say, you know what, this is like everything. This is like everything that matters that I just need to focus on this opposition. This is just the only thing I need to fight. And we could fall into either of these two ditches on either sides that we can either be so hyperfixated on the opposition but we can also be so um, dismissive of it. And that to be able to appropriately name it and to be able to appropriately say, you know what, there is things that are coming against God's mission and God's um, hope for the world, but also to, to, to turn your eyes to him and, and to respond um, how the disciples responded. And so I think also when, when we have a response that is healthy in this time, we're able to actually move away from selfishness and move away from just turning inwards and thinking about it as an opposition to ourself and recognizing it as an opposition to the anointed one or to Jesus. And so the next, the next moment in this text that I think is so foundational, that is so crucial, that is just the point that I really want to camp out on here today is, is in verse 29. 
It says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, prayer is the intersection between our agency as people and with God and his power. As we see this, um, as we see the scripture, as they cry out, as they're asking God, Lord, what are we to do in this situation of opposition? What are we to do as people are coming against us, as people are opposing us? And they turn their minds to say, you know what, Lord, would you consider their threats? And then, Lord, would you enable us to speak your word with boldness? that you would stretch out your hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders through your holy name, that there's this beautiful act of saying, you know what, Jesus, would you actually use me? God, I actually want to be used for your kingdom. I actually want to be a part of what you're doing in this place, and I want to be an active member of the kingdom of God being brought in this place. And so God's desire for us and God's desire for each one of you is that we might actually be able to partner with him in coming against the, the challenges and the opposition that we face in this world. And I think the way that we pray in these moments is significant. I think the way that, that we approach these moments where, where, um, God, where we're feeling under pressure is so, so significant. And, and I believe that, that this prayer that they prayed is, is a radical shift. Because in the Gospel of Luke, the same author as Acts, Luke wrote both Luke and Acts, there is a moment where the disciples saw Jesus being rejected in a Samaritan town. And in that moment, what they did was they looked at Jesus and they said, Jesus, should we call down fire upon this town? They, were, they experienced rejection and they had seen that, you know what, they had, cast, they had cast Jesus out. They had said, we don't want you. And the disciples in that moment were like, oh, well, We've got like God on our side, so why not? Let's just call fire down upon the city and just, and just obliterate them. And I believe that our prayers indicate a maturity in our relationship with, with God, in our understanding of our relationship with God. That actually as we come before God, we can come in maturity and actually pray prayers that, that show that we have grown. And these same disciples that were once praying, you know, Jesus, would you bring fire down upon the city? Would you, would you just, like, just obliterate this whole city? Are now praying for God to actually empower them with boldness. Instead of saying, you know what, God, would you just handle that? Would you just take care of that? Would you get rid of those people? Would you just remove that problem from our mind? They're taking a step in maturity and saying, God, would you actually begin to empower me? Would you begin to actually give me boldness that I might be able to speak the word of God? Would you empower my hands? Would you pour out your spirit upon me that I might be able to heal these people, these same people that are opposing me? Would I be able to offer a hope and a salvation to these people that, that is not currently known by them? That they would actually be able to experience the love of God and they, and they recognize that, you know what, obviously that there is opposition still. There is someone coming against um, the anointed one in this situation. But, but this time they respond with maturity and saying, you know what, God, would you actually provide a way for me to, to speak the word of God boldly, even in the face of opposition? Would you allow me to heal 
Would you allow me to, to actually reach them and, and to love them in a powerful way? And they recognize that, you know, while there is still rejection and opposition, their task is for boldness to preach the word because this is what is actually going to redeem the world. And, and today I want the one thing that I think is my life story is, is the way that God partners, desires to partner with us to bring his king, the, the kingdom of God to this world. I think the story of my life in so many different ways is, is when God has, has you know, seen uh, an area of opposition or, or seen an area of brokenness or seen an area where, where things are not right, that he has actually said, you know what, Logan, I want to work with you into the redeeming of this. I want to actually partner with you in saying, you know what, I can empower you to be the solution in that, in that area and, and to be um, my hands and feet. And I believe that Jesus is desiring that for each and every one of you, that, that, that you have a passion, you have something that grieves your heart, something that, that breaks your heart for, for the things in this world that you see that things are not right. And I believe that God is saying to you today, I actually want to partner with you. I actually want to, to see you be uh, like my hands and feet, an extension of my love. So part of the knowledge of God's will is knowing that he desires to equip and partner with us for the redemption of the world. I remember in high school, I remember way back when, when there was a moment when I was just grieved over, over just the brokenness that I was seeing in a lot of my friends and, and people experiencing just deep troubles and deep pain. And I remember just, just asking God, would you, would you come and fix this situation? Lord, I don't know how to help the situation. I don't know how this is ever going to turn around. And I, and I remember in those, in those seasons, in those times, was the moments where, set, where God looked at me and said, you know what, you have that burden, you have that passion. And you know what, I've also blessed you with gifts. I've also blessed you with, with ability to, to go and speak the word of God boldly. To be able to properly identify that, you know what, ultimately the, the saving of this world is when people will know that Jesus is, is Lord. That the way that the world will be restored is actually through the power of his gospel and the power of, and the truth of, of his love. And when I see all this brokenness, when I see um, all of this, this hurt and pain, I, was ex- I, I, was, I felt from the Lord just this call to, to say, you know, what can you bring? What can you offer to, to begin saving and redeeming this, this area? And and I'm, just in, and I'm just so passionate about this. And, and I remember even moving into my university career and I decided to go to a secular, secular university and, and I just believed that that, was, that that was important for me to be in this world of philosophy and religious studies from a secular perspective. And remember going into this university and thinking, Lord, like there is so much, um, so much like untruth. There's so much... Um, deception or there's so much just brokenness Lord in this in this university and um, and also there's aspects of of goodness and there's aspects of of truth that people are working towards but in even in my university career I, I just felt the Lord saying would you be able to partner with me in actually seeing this world come to know me would you be able to partner with me in, in redeeming this world back to his love redeeming this world back to relationship with him and, and I think when we realize this, when we realize that God actually has a plan for our lives, things are, things are restored in a better way. 
And so I just want, today I I really want you guys to begin thinking about the areas of of burden that you guys have, the areas where you are feeling like, like this grieves my heart, this is something that, that is, that is hard for me to, to be aware of or hard for me to see and, and acknowledge and maybe ask the Lord, Lord, can you give me strength to speak the word of God boldly in this time? And I know that as, as we walk through this journey, as we walk through this, um, this task of, of trying to, to share the word of God, we fall short again and again. And that, once again, is, is why it is such a blessing to have the Holy Spirit. And we walk this balance of understanding that, that you know what, God calls us, that he says, I want to use you, and also deeply aware that we are actually unable to on our own strength. I remember a moment at summer camp, and this, this analogy has stuck with me for so long. And, they, and I remember the speaker told a story about a father who, it was, it was his birthday. It was the father's birthday. And, you know, there were celebrations going on, and there was a party happening. And the father's child, the father's son, comes up to the father and says, like, Dad, like, I don't, I don't know, like, what to get you. Like, I, I didn't get you anything. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know how, how to even, like, go buy a gift. And the father says, you know what, okay, I'm going to give you this $20 bill, and you can go out and buy something. And so the child, you know, takes this $20 bill from the father, goes to the store with his mom, and, and goes to the store and, and buys, like, this gift that he's so excited about for his father, and he brings it back to his father, and he says, he says, Dad, like, this is a gift that I'm giving to you. Like, do you love it? And the, and the father is just overjoyed. The father is, is overcome with just so much love and so much gratefulness for what the, for what the son provided. The, the son actually, you know, gave something, um, uh, like, from, from his love to the father. But all along, the father knew that that was his money, that that was his power, that that was his, you know, buying power that was actually given so that the son could then return a gift to the father. And in just a similar way, we are like children before God. I always think about this scripture that Jesus said, or that the scripture where Jesus sees the children running to him, and he says, you know, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And part of the reason why I love sometimes hopping into kids' church is just to see, you know, those, those children and just to see what, what the kingdom, who the kingdom belongs to and how we are to be. We are to be like children. And so whenever I'm reminded of, of, of those things, I, I'm called back to what does it look like for me to be a child before God, for me to understand that, you know what, even whatever I give to him, I know that it has only been given because it was given to me first. And so when we are experiencing this desire to, to pour out back to God, when we're experiencing this desire to serve him, when we're saying, Lord, I want to serve, I want to I give back to you, I want to, to serve you in whatever way I can, I just encourage you guys that, that it is not out of your own strength, it is not out of anything that you have to give, but actually what, what Jesus has blessed you with, whether it's your gifts or whether it's um, any of you know, the things that, that he has given you, or it's the Holy Spirit and the boldness to be able to speak his word, the boldness to be able to share. And so 
I also um, actually work with one of our kingdom partners today. Um, UCM is one of the kingdom partners that, that you as a community also sponsor. And so you're sponsoring me in two different ways. In my work on campus, as I am also a campus worker there, and also as a youth pastor here. And one of, one of my colleagues there has been um, speaking a lot about um, the diseases of our time. And the one that he has kept on talking about is one called acedia. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of acedia. But acedia is essentially the um, avoidance of things that matter. And, and I think that in our time right now, in our, in our world as a whole, not even just our Christian population, but in our world as a whole, I think that this is a deep problem in our hearts, that we have an avoidance of the things that matter. Maybe because we're tired or maybe it, because it feels like it's too much to bear to actually lean into the things that, that are significant. And sometimes it looks like passivity. Sometimes it looks like, you know, just checking out from life and, and, just, and just being inactive and not doing anything. But sometimes it looks like overactivity. Sometimes it looks like running around or staying late from work and, and coming home and then going to your office and, and maybe neglecting your family. Or maybe it looks like um, just being so active with so many different, you know, social activities that, that you're actually neglecting the ones that really matter because it's so hard to face and, and invest the, uh, the emotional energy that is actually needed. And I believe that, that as we as Christians recognize that maybe we avoid the things that matter, we might be able to, to heal as we lean back into the, to the areas of our lives that God has actually called us to to the moments um, where, where we say, you know what, I, it's just easier for me to, to check out or maybe it's even easier for me to work that extra, those extra hours and, and not come home to actually be there for the things that matter or to just keep running after all the work stuff and never actually invest in service and, and God's kingdom because, because it's just a little bit easier to just fill up your schedule and, and just constantly just say, you know what, I'm busy. I can't, I can't invest the time. I can't invest the time there. And so what is important, what matters that God has actually called you to, that he is desiring to see you and him partner with for the redemption of this world, for actually the, the ultimate saving of this world, that Jesus is actually desiring for, for you to, to get passionate about the things that he has called you to. And I believe that as, if us as a church community were to, to be focused again on the things that matter, if we were to be focused again on, on the areas where God has actually said, I want you here for this reason. I want you here partnering with me for this specific person, for this individual in your family, for this individual area of ministry, or for this um, workplace. And, and, and we have these gifts and abilities that God has given us, but how are we submitting it unto his kingdom? How are we submitting the things that we've done? Many of you are highly educated and many of you have amazing social skills and many of you have um, awesome humor. And how are you in your life submitting those things unto God's kingdom and saying, you know what, Lord, this is for you. If there's one thing I believe, it's that, is that each and every single one of you are deeply called to the places that you're in, to the, to the skills that you have, that, that it is not just for you to be there and to go home. 
that in every single area that you do, in every, in every single area that you walk, in every single skill that you've been given, in every single degree that you have, God has actually said, you know what, I've, I've, I want to equip you with that, and I want to bring you into those places to be a light, to actually partner with me, and saying that, you know what, Lord, I want to be used in this place, that, that you have given me something to actually offer, and that he desires to, to be deeply involved in your workplace, in the area of your schooling, in the area of your family, and how can you be a light in those different places? And this understanding of God's kingdom, this when we have eyes for, for his kingdom and we have an understanding for, for the greater purpose on our life, I, I truly believe that, that we actually begin to see that our relationship with the rest of the world is restored. That as we begin to, to correctly orientate our, um, our values and the things that, that we think are important, everything else is then restructured in a better way. And having the kingdom of God in our minds and having, and having an understanding that, you know what, Jesus has called each and every one of you to the areas that you're in to serve and to, and to labor for the kingdom of God, to actually, to actually be a partner with him so that this world might be whole again, is, is going to actually bring everything else in your life into order. And so this beautiful verse in verse 32, as we just keep walking through the scripture, it says that all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. This is a radical community of people who understand what it means to be living for a bigger cause. It's a, it's a community of people who understand what it, actually, what it actually means to say, you know what, I'm not just here for myself. I'm not just here focusing on my own needs and, and the things that I need, but that I'm actually looking to a bigger picture. And when they're looking to this bigger picture, when this community is centered around this bigger picture of God's kingdom and how they can be a part of it, they actually begin to see that, you know, they are, are becoming one in heart and mind. And we know that the Church of Acts was a widely diverse group of people from, from all different cities and all different nations and, and all different places. But as they began to get the picture of what the kingdom of God was, they began to have a community that was one in heart and mind, a beautiful community of love, a beautiful community of, of generosity, of service. As they actually gained a mindset, a, a heavenly mindset of, of how can I serve? How can I serve God's kingdom? How can I look to, to the greater purpose that he has for my life and the greater purpose that he has for this world? It actually began to restore their relationship with those around them. They became unified in heart and in mind. I love that picture. And they also began to have a healthier relationship with their things, with their stuff. In our world right now, we have a very, a very stuff-centered mindset. That if you can get more things, if you can get more stuff, if you can, if you can just lock down your security, then you're going to be great. You're going to be, you're going to be awesome. You're going to have, if you're going to have all your things, then you're going to be fine. But actually, what happens to this church in Acts is, is they're looking to not just their own comfort. They're not looking to just their own security. They're not looking to their own selfish desires, but they're saying, God, how, Lord, is your presence going to come? And how is, 
They're going to be healing to this world. And because of that, they give freely. They give away their possessions. They give away the things that, that they, they were holding on to so that others might not be in need. It says throughout Acts that, that no one was in need in their community. And oftentimes they, they, were, they were making sure that, that people were provided for and people were, were taken care of. And as people gain this bigger picture for, for what, the, what God's kingdom looked like and how they were a part of it, they began to have a better relationship with others, with those around them, as well as with their things. And now, I just want to encourage you guys right now, kind of as I wrap up, that, that you might be at a few different places in, in your life. Maybe you're recognizing the opposition you're recognizing that, you know what, there, is, there, are, there are things that are, that are hard and God might be calling you to genuinely and honestly pray that maybe you've been in a place where, where, where you haven't actually leaned into your prayer life, that you have little moments of prayer, you have little moments where you say, yes, Lord, we thank you for this or we praise you for that, but I want to encourage each and every one of you to really lean into prayer what does it look like for you to, to intercede for the things that are, that are happening in your life that actually grieve you? The things in your life that, that you look at and that you acknowledge are, are broken and to begin to pray for those areas. I think so much of the time we can recognize the brokenness and we can say, God, like things are broken. I don't, I don't know what's happening. But to really get on our knees and say, Lord Jesus, I submit this unto you. I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why this is the way that it is. But God, would you step into this moment and to genuinely pray, to genuinely lay it at the feet of Jesus and to say, God, this is yours. Take it all. Would you take all of my brokenness? Would you take all of my pain? And, to what, and, and what does it look like for us to pray mature prayers? for us to pray prayers that don't just say, God, would you just, would, maybe, maybe it is, Lord, take this away. Like the, like, like the disciples, you know, were also praying. They were saying, God, would you, would you, you know, come against these people who are opposing us? But maybe it's an awareness that, you know what, God, would you empower me, Lord, to maybe speak the word of God boldly, to, to heal those who are opposing me, Lord, to, to, to actually empower me, Lord, to, to be your hands and feet in this situation, in this brokenness, God, would maybe he's asking you to, to take a step and to say, you know what, I am going to step in through the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit, through his love that empowers me, through his, through his strength and, and his power that gives me the strength to be able to do it. But Lord, strengthen me to be able to do this. And that's a hard prayer to pray. But the disciples did not just ask God to remove it, but they actually said, Lord, would you use me? Would you allow your spirit to work through me that I might be able to be a part of the redemption and the saving of this world? And next, maybe you're in a position right now where, where you are actually just unaware of your role in the kingdom of God. And you need to ask God to show you your role. Maybe you're in a place, you're in a workplace right now that you don't know if you even should be in. Maybe you're... Maybe you're in some extracurriculars that you're like, oh, Lord, is there, is there purpose for me here? Is there someone else, somewhere else I should be? Are you calling me into deeper service here? And if you don't think you have a role in the kingdom of God, that is just simply not true. 
If you are someone who has said yes to Jesus, if you are someone who, who is desiring, even, even who is thinking or considering, what if God is real? You know what? God has a place for you already for where he is hoping to, to see you fit in serving his kingdom. And he has a place for you in where he is hoping to see you be a part of the redemption of this world. That God is saying, I want to use you. I want to actually see you be my hands and feet so that, so that the brokenness that you see around you is no more. So that there's actually relationships that are restored. That there's actually communities that are formed that, that are whole, that are full of love, that are, that are communities that are one in heart and mind. That God does have a place for you in his kingdom. Not just as, as a spectator. Not just as a as someone who has received the benefits, but as a co-laborer with God, as someone who says yes to the, to the call that he's placed on your life. And maybe you're in a moment right now where you know where you're called to. You know where you're called to. You know that Jesus has placed you in the places that you're at right now, but you're saying, God, I don't know how to do it. God, I don't know how to do it. Like the disciples, they knew that they were in this place, but they asked God, would you give me the power? Would you give me the boldness to speak your word? Would you fill me up with your Holy Spirit that I might actually be able to heal those around me? That I might be able to be a part of the saving of of my friends, of, of people who are living broken and hurting lives. Would you actually give me the strength and the Holy Spirit to, to, to speak boldly? to share the love that Jesus has for each and every person and to have the Holy Spirit work through you, that he would actually give you the strength, that he would actually give you the power. And I know so much of the time I'm aware that God has called me. I'm aware that he has, has, has shown me this love, but, but I'm saying, God, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I see this life that is just that is just broken and I don't, and I don't know how to, how to offer the, the right support. God, I don't know how to heal this person. And so God, would you come and heal and asking God to equip you, asking God to intercede in that moment that our prayers are significant, our prayers are powerful. And so I just want you guys to take this moment and to think about what, what area you're at right now. Maybe you haven't genuinely brought your, your pains or the brokenness of this world to God in prayer yet. And you've just been bearing it on your own. Maybe it's time to just really bring it to God in prayer. Maybe you are a Christian and you've been walking with him now and you don't know where your role is. Ask God, show me. Show me the area of service. Or maybe you know, but you feel so unequipped. And so would you ask God, to equip you. And so God, I just pray for each one, Lord, regardless of where they're at, Lord, that you would show them the next step, that you would show them, Lord, that your love is enough for them. God, that you would show them that you hear their prayers, that you hear their brokenness and the position that they're in that, that, is, that is grieving them or that is hard. And then, Lord, would you reveal the area that you're calling them to? Would you reveal the area that you want them to be involved in? And God, would you then equip them to do your work? In Jesus' name, amen. We're just going to take some time to pray and to worship. And then we'll wrap up in a bit. (laughs) 
Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.